right. Good morning. Welcome to the morning briefing. Today is Thursday, May 19th. It's episode 179, getting closer and closer to 200 episodes. I am Phil Brandt, and it is my goal to keep you informed so you may, may more effectively lead your organization. My buddy Bert is off on uh, client business today, so he will not be with us, but we have Mikey Mack in the studio with us, um, and we're going to get to a deep conversation on inflation and wages and hiring and some of the challenges that we're all facing and the fears and maybe some new news uh, that's starting to creep in that centers around concerns of uh, a recession. Um, but first, what I'd like to do is introduce you to a new member of our program. Nick, if you could pull up um, our newest member of the program. This is Phoenix Oliver Philip Brandt, uh, my newest grandson. He was born last week. Uh, my newest and only grandson, let me say it that way, and so happy to have him on the earth with us and sharing life uh, and look so forward to uh, having him be a part of uh, my life or my, me being a part of his. So for all of us grandparents out there, um, I just wanted to share this with you and look so forward to uh, sharing his development with you as we go along. So welcome to the program, Phoenix. Um, all right, Mike, we also have a lot of things going on with our members. I know I'm a blues fan. They're a member of our organization. We do a lot of work with them, and you are a Carolina Hurricane fan, and I hope we see you in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But right now, uh, the Blues are trailing, but the Canes are leading. Um, both of us uh, had an overtime game, uh, I guess it was Monday evening, and we both play again tonight. Uh, so I'm pulling for your canes. I hope you're pulling for our blues. We are. Yes, we want that to be the final. Blues and canes. Blues and canes would be absolutely great. And if that's the case, we'll have you back on during that series after the blues <laughs> have a victory. All right. Uh, let's get on uh, with the program. Mikey Mack needs no introduction, but if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, I would encourage that you do so. Yeah, Mike had a recent uh, post that I'm going to share with you, but before I do that, let's get to the poll question. Uh, the poll question today is two parts. First is, are you planning a mid-year course correction in your compensation programs, or are you waiting for 2023 to make any changes? You have a series of choices there. And the second part of that question is, what overall percent increase are you planning to award? Uh, let's help each other with what we're planning to do because that keeps us informed and then we can stay aligned and hopefully run our businesses more effectively. Okay, so back to Mikey's uh, LinkedIn post. He talks about inflation in an article from CNBC. Um, and Mikey made a comment here that the consumer price index accelerated to 8.3% in April, uh, which was more than the estimated 8.1%, which no one likes when it's more or less than an estimated uh, prediction, which takes us to the nearest highest level in more than 40 years. Now, at the leadership conference just a few weeks ago, I was talking about the, the current business environment we're in. Most people like myself, anyone my age and younger, has never managed through this type of inflation before. We've never had talent shortages like what we have. Um, we've never, ha never had a COVID environment, whether it's pre or post. Um, we just have a perfect storm brewing right. for 
people to lead organizations, make the right decisions, um, but we have no experience in leading in this environment. So I'd like to peer into some of your insight. You, know, you got a couple years on me, so maybe there's something you can do to help us uh, understand what to expect, how to calm the waters, but also how to be most effective. Sure. So that consumer um, price index uh, going to 8.3, that's a pretty big deal, highest in 40 years. I'd like to just get a view of it from you. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, I'm going to go in the way back machine because I am a little bit older than you, Phil. Uh, we remember the Jimmy Carter Misery Index around 1980 when we had both high unemployment and high inflation, when you added them together, it was over 20%. So we were at about 10% inflation, 10% unemployment, which was a really bad situation. Here we have kind of an unusual situation, high inflation, but our unemployment continues to stay very low. Uh, and that, that means that, first of all, there are jobs out there, as we know, every month we see the report of how many jobs are available. And so far, it's continuing that there's about a million more jobs available than we have people. So that then drives the issue for employers. If I've got these jobs and the people aren't there, and by the way, we still don't know where they are. I'm not sure where they all disappeared to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but, I do have an explanation. I mean, many of them have retired, right? I mean, we, we've true. been able That's to true. predict for a while now. And, and I know yeah. I've been talking about it for about six or seven years, that there's a wave coming and there's just not going to be enough people. And that was before we predicted a business environment like we have today. Correct. Correct. We have the boomers retiring and, and they're hitting that peak in the next year or two. And of course, our Gen X uh, was, we had a smaller population. Right. We now have a bigger population with the millennials, but they're just starting or they're at the early stages in their career and Gen Z coming in. So there's not enough backfill, you're right, uh, to fill what happens when the boomers leave. In addition to the jobs that the boomers are leaving, the millennials are not moving into. And what I mean by that is, uh, let's just use manufacturing as an example. You know, there's not many um, millennials that set out in their career with um, the the element of I'm going to be a welder. Um, right. You know, I'm going to go work on the production line. I mean, some of them end up there, but that wasn't the goal of their parents from the beginning. So That's we right. have a mixed match of skill sets as well. That's right, because when the boomers went in, like I remember going into the workplace. I actually went into the workplace in the mid 70s and we had a recession at that time. So you were taking any job you could find. You were ready for a job and it could be something that was way below your skill level from school or whatever. I had a master's degree and I was a recruiter, you know, so it was like, OK, I need to get a job. <laughs> so that's changed a little bit. Millennials are, are actually holding out. They are looking for jobs that match their education. And now that we're far more educated from the standpoint of people who go to college versus when I was starting, wasn't as many, they're holding out for jobs that are going to be more in the professional ranks versus anything that's dealing with trades. They're right. just not interested in that as much. So again, your manufacturing is hurting from that standpoint. Uh, but again, I think that uh, as we are 
as we're moving through this year, go back to the inflation issue, uh, what's happening now, our companies are starting to look at this saying, well, wait a minute, if I have to start raising my prices to cover the cost of labor and cost of fuel, then does that drive consumers away? And that's that cycle we're starting to just start seeing that people are now going, do I really need to go to Target? Do I really need Walmart? Or can I hold off on that because I need to fill my gas tank? Yeah, no, it's uh, the gas price is a real factor. I, I know I've put, uh, in the same day, I filled up two vehicles, my vehicle and my wife's vehicle. And in total, it was like $125. That is a lot of money. And not everyone um, is able to, to shoulder that kind of That's impact right. and then go to Walmart and spend right. recreationally. That's right. In fact, here in Raleigh, uh, we're tracking it every day. Uh, our prices are averaging five cents a day increase over the last seven days. Every, that means 35 cents. It has gone up in seven days. Yeah, you need to go buy some gas cans and stockpile, Michael. That and baby formula. I never paid attention to baby formula, but today That's I'm like, true. I'm all over baby formula, worried about little Phoenix. Um, and I'm getting That's lots true. of comments in the chat. I just want to say thank you, everybody. Uh, sure. you know, just, you know, Dave, Fred, Ashley, Cindy, the list goes on. Thank you all very much for, uh, for the comments. Um, and very kind of you. And maybe, Nick, we can bring up the... Um, the uh, survey results at this point. And can you give us a, a read through on those real quick? Yes. So on the, uh, are you planning a mid-year course correction in your compensation programs or are you waiting for 2023? It looks like our biggest response here is it is, um, let's see, is it is under consideration. Under consideration. Under consideration. Okay. And then we move into, yes, due to current economic circumstances uh, tied with, no, we will not be doing any mid-year adjustments. And then wrapped up with, we are waiting until 2023 or until the next fiscal year. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I was in the, no, we are waiting until 2023. And then I changed my mind a month later. I can just tell you that what circumstances are fluid and dynamic. Um, so stay tuned and maybe we'll be able to help you in that. Okay, it also great. depends on your industry segment, what we're seeing. For example, in the healthcare industry, since we're so relying on our direct labor to take care of our patients and families in our business, uh, we can't afford to even wait, right? Because we can't have, in fact, uh, you know, I've had a healthcare client say that they're they're having the impact on the doctors who are saying, if you can't support me when I'm bringing patients in here, I'm going somewhere else. So you, you, we can't do that. So therefore, those organizations are almost being forced into some kind of mid-course correction during the year. Yeah, my um, my future son-in-law um, is uh, just graduated to be. To be a nurse and the the demand uh, for hiring him sign on bonus um, relief for his um, his debt for college uh, all all these you know the wages the overtime uh, programs that they offer for him to pick up second shifts is just astonishing it's no wonder our healthcare cost um, is high and I mean no disrespect uh, at at all, but I mean, he has, he, I mean, he had, you know, he's only drawn blood how many times, right? It's not like right. he's even that skilled yet. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, 
it's astonishing the pricing of uh, of labor, particularly in healthcare. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, Mike. So, what are you seeing happening out there when, as you're working with many of our members and in companies around around the world, but throughout the U.S. for sure? What what do you see them focusing on? in particular when you're working with them on their wage structure? So what, what we're having, what we're finding is kind of interesting change. Instead of looking at all our population together, uh, these organizations, most of them are now starting to fine tune their decision-making, meaning they're first looking at what are our mission critical positions that we must have filled? Because there are a lot of jobs that are empty, however, not all of them are as critical in terms of our business, keeping us afloat, you know, all of those things. So, for example, one of your members in manufacturing, uh, it really had nothing to do with manufacturing. It had to do with logistics, right? Because mm -hmm. if the warehouse function is not operating, I can't get the stuff out. I don't have the drivers to move it or I don't have the stockers and the people in the warehouse to be sure everything's organized. It doesn't matter how much, how many things we make. If I can't move them, it doesn't matter. So this one of your clients made a decision. We gotta be sure that is always fully staffed. We have no yeah. choice, which means if we don't have somebody at the assembly line, we can move things around to try to still meet the production, but we're having, so that's happening in a lot of different industries. So we're they're bottlenecking, they're, they're addressing these bottlenecks, not so much the, the bottleneck of um, uh, production necessarily, but the product flow to the to the Right, to the so consumer. in that case, for example, they gave one of the organizations we worked with, they gave a special, it was a 6% adjustment for yeah. only those in the warehouse logistics area. Now, of course, now you get the, the morale issue and everybody starts talking, well, wait a minute, what about us? You know, how come we didn't get that? And they had to then become very uh, transparent in their communication yeah. and let everybody know, look, if that doesn't happen, we don't have the production. We can't, we don't need you in production because we got to get everything through the warehouse. Yeah. You know, Mike, that's one of the things that uh, I really enjoy about you and what you bring to the table over many comp consultants that I've worked with uh, over my 30 years. Um, I've, I've worked with what I think are some of the best compensation organizations, and I can get a really nerdy guy that can help me with, you know, well, here's here's the midpoint and the 75th percentile and all that. And, and I think you would say, yeah, that takes a little bit of uh, work to achieve, but that's the easiest part of the job, right? The mm -hmm. hardest part of the job and what you bring to the table that I appreciate, and I know our members have um, have voiced this time and time again, is you bring that understanding that this is going to create an issue in another part of your facility when you give 6% in one department and nothing to someone else. Uh, or the compression factor and and the sensitivity right. and how to communicate that That's right. uh, is you know it's 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 confusing and it's a difficult message and I think CEOs and HR professionals appreciate that awareness mm -hmm. and that you offer solutions and suggestions how to manage it as yeah. well. And and my overall advice to everyone listening is uh, remember the uh, there was a. Oh, many years ago, somebody who I forgot who was running for president, but he said, you know, just treat us like adults. Just tell us. 
don't hide things. So that's kind of my message when I deal with CEOs and, and HR folks. When we have to make those decisions, treat them like adults. Don't be afraid to let people know the truth of what you're going to do, but do it before you do it. So that way, at least people can say, well, they did tell us and they were very open about it because, you know, humans, we, we trust people when they're open. Yeah, we, well, we do. And we may not like it. And, you know, there was a right. time when you didn't tell people anything till you had to tell them. Um, and I do think we see it in our employee opinion and engagement surveys. People are like, be transparent. I'm an adult. Um, I'm trying to manage far more than just coming to work every day. And knowing line of sight um, will help me. And that builds trust. And that builds loyalty. And that builds the type right. of cultures that we're looking right. for even if the message isn't the best message right. uh, to be That's delivering. Right. Um, so, so that to me is the number one thing we're dealing with right now is, I mean, we have a lot of people saying, hey, we got to look at our compensation. Maybe there's something wrong. And many times I look at that and I'll say, you know, you're not that far off, but if you have areas that are mission critical, you can't find or you're losing, there's where we need to put our energies first keeping them, uh, keeping kind of another eye on everything else. Uh, but that's pretty much the trend right now that we've been going through. So um, first, let me just say uh, a shout out to Kimberly in our chat. Uh, she's just talking about, she's saying, thank you. She, she loves the podcast. Um, she loves the topics and uh, it's been very helpful. Kimberly, that's exactly what we're trying to do. That's why we do this. Um, and I know Bert would say the same uh, and you're more than welcome. But Michelle makes a really interesting comment here, Michael. It just kind of comes off the heels of what we were chatting about. And I am hearing more and more employers doing this. Uh, her comment is, we're not doing wage increases across the board as we have done in previous years. It's about 50% uh, of the employees will receive increases. So, you know, we've had many years, everyone gets the general wage increase. Maybe it was 3% uh, right. and so on. Um, but now we're seeing, and it's a little bit of your warehouse scenarios, like we're going to put all of our wage increase into a specific group or where we're most needed. And others may not receive anything That's or right. a very, very minor adjustment, right. if anything. And that that's a real scenario because there's only so much to go around. That's right. That's right. In fact, an alternative uh, for some of the, or your organizations have looked at if we have to give increases in one area and not another area, perhaps we will have planned some kind of a bonus at the end of the year for those other folks to just say to them, look, thank you for hanging in there and helping us to be successful because a bonus isn't as costly as putting it into wages initially. Right. Uh, however, keep in mind that with the news of inflation or going to the gas pump, uh, you know, you think about, oh, I didn't get an increase. They did. And it cost me another 10 cents more a gallon uh, to pay for my gas. So, you know, in fact, we're going back. If you remember, well, if you don't remember the other gas shortage many years ago. Uh, I remember Nixon. sitting in line with my dad wondering, why don't yeah. we go across the street? It's a penny right. more. Yeah. And when we've had this before, you know, it's interesting. One of the rewards that comes back to be used are gas cards. And yeah. we're starting to see that return where you're having a special project and you were very successful and that everyone, instead of a bonus, they get a gas card. Right. I mean, they're, they're coming back. We're going back to that type of thing. 
Yeah, before long, it's going to be a, a gas card, a, a milk and egg card, um, you know, grocery card, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Nick, let's get um, another peek at these results. How are they shaping up? Okay, so on uh, question number two, uh, what overall percent increase are you planning to award? Uh, I like how this kind of looks like a peace sign. Maybe that's a that's an omen for the future. Uh, but we have, let's see here, we have two to three percent is our top response, and then we would run into the four to five percent. So we kind of are inversely um, weighted on this. You got the five point six percent, and then uh, let's see, more than six percent. So okay, that's yep. that's where we're at. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know about you, Mike. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the ones that are in that two to three, I'm assuming that uh, either they're in a better position from a staffing standpoint and they're not feeling the pressures of the retention and recruitment or lack of people, or uh, they really are holding off in terms of, you know, maybe we correlate the first two questions maybe this group is also going to be looking at something further down the road. Yeah. Now, Mike, just because you've been here before and I'm going there for the very first time, um, in the past, uh, if we study history and if history repeats itself and when you're facing um, inflation uh, at the rate that we're seeing it um, with all the compounding factors, what looms ahead in a scenario like that is often a recession. Um, right. And we're for the first time starting to hear more and more news about the possibility of a recession. Um, and I don't hear it necessarily in 2022, but I do hear about it in 2023, maybe in the latter part of 2023, right. um, according to a few of the economists I've listened to. Um, what are you hearing and and how do you see that playing out? And does that affect wages between now and then? It, well, what will affect the if we start slowing down and and we start finding that uh, because inflation is taking its toll and we really have to start downsizing a little bit in terms of our organizations, uh, what will happen is that wages will become flat. We're not we're not going to go down. So as we're moving in this right now inflationary period, there's going to be kind of a it's like water finding its natural level, right? So yeah. we're going to hit a minimum wage of $20 an hour, let's say. When we're in that $20 range, that's probably going to flatten out. And you're not going to see a lot of moves beyond that. There'll be no pressure politically for it. There'll be no pressure economically because minimum wage at $20 or $40,000 a year, that's a pretty good wage where you need to be. But all the other wages, I really feel that wherever we end up by the fourth quarter, that's going to be probably the wage level will go into 2023. And then the only thing you'll find are smaller increases with recessions that usually either they're zero or that one to two percent. And that will get us into 2023. But between now and, say, the fourth quarter, we're still going to see. Uh, the demands there because there's I'm not hearing any of your members or my clients say that they've stopped hiring. Yeah, no, I'm still right. I'm aware of one organization that has a hiring freeze. Um, and I would tell you they have a hiring freeze, but they're still hiring key positions. Right. So 
right. their hiring freeze isn't really a hiring freeze. It's it's really a a careful hiring process. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, most of your, your organizations and a lot of mine are more like on the supply side, meaning we are the suppliers to somebody else. Yeah. So it always gets down to what happens, like, you know, like automotive or if you are a supplier to a, a building, you know, housing, for example, housing right. starting, you know, is that going to get flat? Right. All of a sudden, because I know here in Raleigh and other places, there's been a boom. And buildings been going like crazy, but does that start? And they yesterday there was also a report about new housing starts are starting to slow down. So if that slows down, that means the materials used for housing, well, we don't need as many. So there it goes back to the warehouse. But uh, that has an effect. But I don't think we're going to see that until into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and and I'm you know I'm curious about what I think, and I look at the economy and how this is going to play out. So, you know, often during these times, um, coming off the last year or two, you would have people buying new cars, new houses, and you're having these booms and the new car market gets flooded with new cars. And then you don't have to have replacement vehicles. And so then that slows down the auto, um, the auto market in a natural cycle of you know, flooding the market. Well, right. with the chip issue, we haven't been able to flood the market like we have in the past. So right. it's really interesting to me to see if we're going to see that because our, you know, number of cars on the road road are getting older, not necessarily younger. And, and well, that's an interesting dynamic that, that is might keep us moving forward. Try to buy a new car. I mean, uh, yeah. I, uh, a friend of mine wanted to replace a, a Mercedes. So they said, I'm just going to go over and talk to someone. And they said, oh, we can get you one in 18 months. And, you know, it's like, what? You can yeah. get me one in 18 months? So, but then they said, but by the way, I've got a whole, you know, area here of used vehicles. And in fact, that's become such a hot market because new product, you know, so again, does that have a indirect impact with manufacturing? Because if I'm a supplier to an automobile company manufacturer, and they're not manufacturing as many as they used to, do they still need my pieces of that, you know, of the work? So right. there's a ripple effect, but I think we're a long way from seeing that hit uh, wages because yeah. even in that conference board report, the CEOs who were worried about a recession coming also said at the other side of their mouth, but I still see wages continuing to increase. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and the same thing is true on the housing market. And I'm not an expert in either one of these areas, but there are some indicators just in when you do the math, um, you know, while the baby boomers might be retiring and the millennials are earning potential is allowing them to enter the housing market is still the prediction of the number of houses needed for the population we're way out of kilter, right? We need sure. more homes. Right. So the demand and the law of supply and demand may very well lead us through um, um, that time so that we don't feel so. the impact as well, which then supports the wages. So I can right. see how that, that comes through. Mikey, um, Becky uh, is asking a question here, um, one of our members, and she's asking, is there any more discussion happening about raising the uh, minimum wage threshold for um, exempt employees um, from overtime. 
Yeah, and that's a, and that's interesting. That's been a um, in certain states there has been not your state, of course, but <laughs> but a lot of states are using the raising the threshold of the wages to be exempt as a way to deal with pay equity. The theory is that there are more females than males in the non-exempt workforce. So if you have a larger non-exempt workforce that will be getting overtime. Now, this is the crazy Washington, D.C. Uh, thinking that therefore it will increase the wages of females because they'll be working more overtime because we have more of them that are non-exempt. So, for example, in New York State, uh, it's uh, it's over a thousand dollars a week. That's the minimum to be exempt. Okay. So therefore, nurse managers, for example, were normally exempt. Now, in many cases, they're non-exempt and they're working overtime, mostly female. That was the theory behind that. But I'm not hearing anything on the federal front. That right is now. a crazy theory because someone's going to say, just like I thought right away, so we want to work females harder than men now. I mean, it's yeah, like, right. what, what kind <laughs> no. of crazy talk is that? Yeah. So it's still a state issue. It's more of a state by state issue, kind of like the official minimum wage. Uh, so I think you'll have to see the, the, but that threshold, I don't believe that, I don't think Washington can handle that right now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap some, some things up here. So what we heard is that uh, inflation continues to rise. Uh, wages are following right along with that and employers are moving um, as much of their um, in, let's call it their wage investment into very specific groups and maybe not evenly across the board at this point. Uh, we right. didn't talk about wage compression, but we know that's real and continues to happen. And maybe that will be our discussion uh, later. Or if you would like to hear more of that, Michael's going to be um, our speaker at our roundtables coming up uh, in June. I know he's gonna do about 10 or 11 of those roundtables uh, over a very short period of time. So join one of those roundtables grab your CFO, bring them with you, make your list of questions and start firing away and he'll spend all the time he can helping you with that. Um, and we will see you back here next Thursday. Bert will be with us 7.30 Central Standard Time and we'll say good morning to Mr. Phoenix as we say goodbye <laughs> to you. All right, bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, thank you. Tell your story, promote your products, communicate with your employees and customers vividly, dynamically, and powerfully. Whether it's a company video, recruitment video, online training, or live meeting, Feature Group can help you from scripting to highly polished finished production. Whether it's live or on demand, we have the skills and equipment to wow your audience and drive your message home. Feature Group USA the one-stop shop for all your broadcasting needs.